welcome to another episode of the Pop Collectors Alliance podcast, episode 126, More Mystery Boxes and Pocket Monsters. I'm your host, Rick, as always, joined by my co-bearded co-host, Captain Strongbeard, Mr. Piper, back to our regularly scheduled programming in the late evening on a Monday. How are we doing today? I, in the, this is the second attempt on recording this. The first time I, I cracked open a nice cold Coca-Cola. This time I don't, I don't have one to do the sound effect with. So just pretend there, there's no crescendo this time. No. It's just get to it. We'll pretend there we go. That's me. That's me opening a very violent. There you go. Cola. Hit the button. I don't know. That's my mouth. Where's that a was... can opener sound when you need it. I don't, I don't think I have one. <laughs> All right, everyone, this week, well, we do want to go back and this week's a lighter episode, uh, like I mentioned in the first recording, but we want to give a special shout out to Julie last week. That was a great peer behind the curtains look at Funko and just the courage to come on and talk about her experience. So a special thank you once again to Julie and that team. I really enjoy the episode. One of the best episodes, in my opinion, that we've had to date. So thank you very much, Julie. I will say that we've had a, a quite a few people message me and tell me in the store and email us saying how much they enjoyed that episode. But the kind of ongoing theme was, Oh man, that episode was really heavy. Yep. Same here. I got that same kind of feedback. So this week, a little more lighthearted. We're going to cover quite a few things in this episode. So sit back, get strapped up and get ready to go. Cause we're going to start with Funko wants to reward us now with the fan club. and. One of the things about Funko now that sort of as my collector's journey has matured over time, I find that I have less and less motivation to be in all of those avenues, to be in the the boards or to get all of the special perks of what a true Funko fan would be. And the the fan club existed, right? It's just not been as robust as what they're rolling out now. And does that qualify us as not great Funko fans, I guess? No, I think we're the opposite of bad fans. We have dedicated the last five years of our life or six years of our lives now to supporting a company that does not pay us anything <laughs> at all. So I think, I think we are better fans than everyone else. No, no I'm just joking. But no, I don't think <laughs> well, I so. think there's some, there's some truth to the fandom for us there. Yeah, I mean we're dedicated and we've kind of like shaped our lives strangely enough around a company that doesn't well now no doesn't know who we were we are we they used to back when we had friends that worked there and now it's just a it's an ominous corporate monster machine so they don't they don't know who we are but uh um yeah i don't know i don't think we're i don't think we're bad fans i just don't have i mean it's, i don't even think it's time i just don't have the patience for like all the the uh, the online uh, frienditude that you have to have to be on the boards and to be in 18 million Facebook groups and follow 27 different Instagram and Twitter accounts just so you can stay in the know. I have people come in the store and they're like, hey, did you hear about this or did you see this? I'm like, no, I didn't see that. I got things to do. You, I depend on you people to come here and tell me. Yeah, I think the crazy part about that is the inadequacy sometimes that comes with it. And that's a personal thing probably, but you see, you want, you want to be part of everything that you can, especially specifically because of what you said before, we've dedicated so much time to it and you feel like you're in a circle, but now I kind of feel like the kid that was left at baseball practice, like standing outside the fence, waiting for my parents to come and get me. Your parents are Uh, never coming to get you. And they're not, they totally left and. He said, uh, son, I have to go get a gallon of milk from the convenience store and then shows up 18 years later. Milk and some smokes, right? When he needs to take out a, he needs you to help him take out a personal loan so he can buy a new ATV. There you go. Has that, I'll see you in 18 years. Has that happened to you? Has that been, has that been your life experience? The story of my life. That's, yeah. that's exactly it. But the thing is with the fan club, and this reward system as they roll it out, you know, there's a lot of features in here that are good. They're features are, are and they things good? that we've talked about. Well, I, I would say like the aspects of the rewards, like if you're who knows about the raffle system, but some of the prizes are great. Like, could you imagine? I think we were talking before the show and I'd seen on Funko Finders and maybe it was a leak that got pulled down. But there's there are distinct attempts to 
give great awards, like first in line at a booth at SDCC. And then what I saw was, hey, this is entries to get into Funko Fun Days. And that leads us to believe the venue. There were so many things in that, and I couldn't find the post again, but it's an opportunity for them to bring great rewards to the table. But I mean, I'm not that lucky when it comes to those things, like entering raffles and things. You're the you're the lucky one. I feel no, we've won independently. I believe we have won like tickets to the the Funko booth equal number of times, but it's never at the same time. So like you'll get it one year and then I'll get it the other. I mean, now now it's kind of we're dependent on that now, but in the past it wasn't too big of a deal. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's interesting to see kind of where they are taking the whole like point system with the fan club now, because there is, if people haven't looked, we can kind of break it down really, really fast on like what it is and what you can actually get from it. So basically this is Funko's attempt to make you go pay attention to all of their social media and everything they're doing. So they're giving you points to if you go follow them on all the social medias and also Loungefly and Funko Games. And then if you sign up for their newsletters and just do all these little like micro things, they're like, oh, I can just do that. And they'll give you points for that. And they'll say, congratulations, fan, for being a good person. And then also if you donate money, uh, which to me, that's kind of strange. But like, I mean, it's a good attempt to like try to, uh, you know, extend philanthropy, but like, uh, so if you donate to the ASPCA or the, it gets better project, you'll get additional points on your account, which is pretty cool. But like, you can take all this stuff and I guess with it, you can turn these points into things like discounts on like merchandise and you can enter, like, like Ricky said, you can enter in some like, like home sweepstakes or giveaways. And then, uh, you know, chances to do things like I, I one of them was you got, you mentioned like at the front of the line, uh, but it was strange because it's not even front of the line at the Funko booth. It's SDCC day one lounge fly main booth, front of the line access. And it's just like, I know, I know lounge fly is, is kind of blowing up, but I would say most people that are joining the Funko fan club is not because they like backpacks. Well, I think the unique thing about lounge fly in the past couple of conventions the combos with the backpacks and the pops, the lounge fly releases because it's paired with a pop have been some of the most valuable Funko pops that have been released in the last couple of years. I mean, you have that Harry Potter, you have the, what is it? Sleeping beauty. Is that, is it sleeping? Beauty? Yeah. It's just, there was a sleeping beauty one, that, but it was, that was like a, a first to market, but yeah. But that's funny because they are tricking you into buying Loungefly products so you can get the pop that you want. Which is crazy because Loungefly doesn't have that many problems with selling their product now. It's one of the most profitable. Even when we mentioned it from the uh, shareholders call, Loungefly was the only area in Funko that made a profit last year. Were they? Which goes to tell you they don't really have a lot of the same struggles that Funko is. I mean, it, I guess it's the product line is smaller, right? They're not pushing that all to scale at a, at the same rate that Funko is. So I think there's variability in that and more exclusivity. And you pair that with a pop, like the Harry Potter pop, that pop is worth like $600. It's well, the same thing with the sleeping beauty one, like, cause I, those were limited. They only did so many of that one. And because also, you know how first to market pops go, those always end up going for, a good, you know, little chunk of money just because they got, I mean, you, what the, the, was it Mandalorian or Boba Fett? One of those first to markets. It, it, it's not the one that came with the backpack, but it, it's prime example right here. It, it had a first to market sticker and it's like a $900 pop now, but there's also a common that's $12 and it's exactly the same pop. The sticker makes all the difference, my friend. The sticker I, makes all the difference. I love the stickers. Yeah, they had that with the uh, Pottermore where they released the the um, Patronuses and yeah. they had the Pottermore first to market stickers on it or pre-release or whatever it was. I forget. And just that sticker alone increased the value by two or three X. So it's interesting sometimes how that works out. But I mean, it, speaking of the fan club, I think that they're and I don't want to sound negative. I want to put my realist. Cap it is on. nothing but negativity. 
No, we're going to be positive this episode. Oh, that's right. I so forgot. Funko has the ability here to make this great. And a lot of companies that have things like this in the Pokemon, you know, they, they could make reward systems with incredible rewards that they could produce limited quantities of. If you're talking about physical redeemables in that Avenue. Okay. Well, there's, if you get a hundred thousand points, first people do a hundred thousand points, get this specific Freddy and we're only making a thousand of them or things like that. I mean, we always talk about exclusivity, but there's so much that you can do outside of that for rewards for fans. I don't think that they're ever going to say, Hey, I bought this pop so I can enter this into the, um, like scan the barcode and enter it because then you could just spend your whole day at Barnes and Noble or hot topic and just going around the mall and scanning the bottoms of pop to add them to get points. Uh, it'd be interested to see how they continue to gain points or people can other than those small little niche, go here, go there. I mean, you could probably do like show up at the Funko booth at SDCC, scan this for a thousand points, things like that. But as far as purchasing pops goes, I think there's a limited availability to construct something around that other than like scanning receipts or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it can go, it can, they could do it really well. Or it can go wildly wrong very quickly. Yeah, and I think they've proven to us over the past couple of years, functionality in their apps and things along the lines that they're producing is hit or miss, much like their product lineup. Where we talked about that video game that's coming out and you know that looks incredible while you know the Funko app itself and values and things along that line have sort of steadily declined. I mean, you have you still have that episode where we talked about the status, whether it's vaulted or up on oh, yeah. you know, pinned or whatever the titles were. It's still not corrected. It's still there. Is it? Has they? Well, see, and I, I reached out to Funko and I was like, hey, can, can I get some info on this? Because you guys either made a big old boo-boo or you just don't care. And it, I, I don't know the answer to that because. Because you got this right here. <laughs> that's, exa that's exactly what I got. And I know they saw it because they're their social media person. They clicked on my message. They just decided, hey, not important enough to let you know what's happening. Funko left you on red, as the kids say these days. Oh, I will. They uh, don't, don't even give me. <laughs> so what do you think? Let's let's wrap this one up. Like overall, what is is this good or is it bad or still yet to see? What comes of this? I honestly think it will be very good if one, they make it, they make the rewards reasonable to get because right now the good reward that's in there that I would want is a Freddy that's signed and you have to have like 10,000 points. And I think there was also, if you had like a hundred thousand points, you can get a one of one pop made of yourself. And, but that it, I'm sure that you have to spend a like, ungodly amount of money on the Funko shop to even be able to qualify for that. So if, yeah, I guess that's where they'll integrate it. That's a good point. They'll, they'll, they can integrate purchasing things from the Funko app into your rewards points that that's not purchasing from a retailer, but them. So it's driving more marketing there. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think if you make it easier to get the points and make there be a, a decent pool of obtainable rewards then I think, yeah, it's going to be great. But, you know, if it goes the other way and they're like, oh, sorry, you can't get points unless you spend a million dollars, then it's nobody's going to care and it's going to die in a year. And, and Funko kind of has a, a track record of that, which we were talking about video games. Like prime example of that was they had that uh, Gears of War game that they came out with and they killed it within like a year. I hope that's not like a trend with them. Like, like we know Funko likes to like dip their toes and their fingers in all the buckets to see like what sticks, but like you need to stick with some things, you know? Yeah. I think also the reward system reminds me of the Marlboro rewards. It's like, remember the cigarettes? Like you cut off. Yes. The, I remember the, the cigarettes uh, from when I was a child. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, Hey, I got this, uh, I got this, uh, tent. <laughs> What'd you get a tent for? <laughs> Smoking 14,000 pack of cigarettes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think my, my aunt had, uh, I believe she had a jacket, like a Marlboro jacket. 
You're like, Aunt Teresa, it's so great that you got that tent, but you sound like you've been smoking for 27 years. Nah, this is just really bad bronchitis. <laughs> that's what I, it was my Aunt Pat. It was my mom's, my mom's sister. And that's, she didn't quite, she wasn't that bad. But yeah, that's, exa- that's exactly right. It's like, I smoked my whole life. I got 14 tents and 13 sleeping bags and cancer. <laughs> I mean, I'm not making fun of cancer, but it's like truly that same marketing ploy. So it's interesting to see how this is going to work out, how Funko is going to integrate it. Let us know what you think at Pop Alliance Pod on Twitter and Instagram, popcollectorsalliance.com. You can sign up for our newsletter there, info at popcollectorsalliance. Go to facebook.com slash popcollectorsalliance. Let us know what you think. Go to patreon.com slash popcollectorsalliance. Join the tier that's right for you. Get on Discord and join that discussion today. So with that being said, Funko Fusion and Funko New Releases. So what, what do you have to say about Funko Fusion? Nothing, because we, have, we don't have enough information on it. All we know is it's a video game, and it's supposed to be like Funko's first like real like foray into like not mobile. And I, I don't know. From, from, you've seen the video, correct? Yeah, I saw the video. It it's, looks pretty damn good. So let's be honest. If this is like a like Warzone style shooter uh, or like something like uh, Fortnite, like a third person, like I will be all over this game. It, I will play it every night. Uh, patrons, they will they will be forced to play this game with me. I I'm excited about it. If if they can do it well and they don't rush it, uh, I, I, beyond that, I don't honestly know. See, I thought that it's overall interesting, right? And I yeah, think yeah. That this is a Funko janitor idea. You think this is a janitor of, idea? Here you go. Hear me out. I, I'm so hearing. He, I'm listening, there. man. And he's like, hey, guys, you know Roblox, right? I do know Roblox. Them, them are crappy graphics. They got them shooters on there, you know? Is there shooters on what Roblox? What do you say? We take, and, and our Funko Pops kind of look like Roblox just a little bit with a little bit more detail. <laughs> And then you got that war zone they got out there and then you meet in the middle and then you got Funko fusion and claps his hands and sits down. <laughs> He's the only one clapping. He's slow clapping himself down. Yeah, exactly. Slow clapping. But it's interesting to see because, you know, graphics wise, I don't think games are where they used to be in certain circumstances. They are, mm. but you've seen with Roblox and things of the like Minecraft, stuff like that. It just goes to show if the game is fun, people will follow and participate. And while the graphics looked pretty decent in that, it, to me, it kind of like reminded me of this like in between gray space between, you know, Warzone and, and like shooters on Roblox. And it's like coming together with that. It, I wonder if they're going to intertwine that with collecting and, and things they always do with their other games. So interesting to see on that. We don't have a lot of details, but more to come and more to follow. But if you haven't seen the video, maybe I'll put the link in the show notes so that you can check it out. It's worth it's worth a look-see, I think. All righty. Funko new releases. Into the Spider-Verse. That comes out uh, next month, I believe, or this month. Yeah. So new line of pops that are coming out with that. So, well, it's not just pops. They did, they did a bunch of sodas, too. I think there's like six different characters from the show. Yeah, new lineup of all vinyl. I mean, it's, I like the first movie. Mm. I think that, you know, I always have kind of some nostalgic sentiment when it comes to Spider-Man. You know, Spider-Man and Wolverine are probably my, and Batman, DC side, uh, are my favorite comic book characters in that sense. But uh, I've always liked these lines. I think that they do great with the designs. I haven't collected a total... Uh, like plethora of them, but I do have like Miles Morales and things like that. But you know, mainline things, not a lot of exclusives. But I, I do think that the line from the first Funko verse where they had like the moments and things along those lines, I think they were really good. Yeah. Um, we, we got the first wave of the pops in the store and they were really good and they sold out very fast. I have the second wave coming in, I think tomorrow, which is so it, the first wave was made up of. Uh, Spider Gwen, Spider Man twenty ninety nine, which they did like three different variants of him. One for Funko Shop, and then there was another one. I want to say it's like box launch or something like that. 
And then, oh no, Entertainment Earth. That's what it was. And then there is also the Spider-Man India, which is a new Spider-Man character for this movie. And then there was, I don't know, there was something else. Oh, Miles. And then, oh, The Spot, which is like one of the villains for the new movie. And then the second wave is going to be Spider-Bite, which I don't know enough about the Spider-Verse to know who that is. And then there's uh, Spider-Woman and vulture medieval vulture there we go so i'm not as medieval vulture yeah again it's something it's something for the movie i guess maybe once we see it it'll make a whole lot of sense kind of like from the first movie the like the roided out green goblin from like the you know the the scene where like the whole everything gets sucked into the thing with the the man yeah hey, there we go i'm not gonna spoil it in case somebody didn't watch a movie from like five years ago yeah th- I, I i'm bad at that so don't you know because <laughs> you're be gonna mean. get a message be like thanks a lot ricky Spoiler alert! That's from Raul. Always yelling, like Ra- from like seven years ago. Raul, you've seen that movie eighteen times. Stop. <laughs> you do a podcast about <laughs> but it movies. It is true. There are some people that haven't seen it. Well, I'm the I'm the one. I'm like, dude, I've I've been waiting to watch that. That <laughs> came out in like 1987. I don't care. Don't tell me about it. Don't spoil the end of uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I haven't seen it. I haven't had time yet. You've only seen that movie 87 times. Yeah, I wish that they. uh would do a remake of those cheesy 80 horror movies. That'd be great. Yep. So, uh, yeah, into the Spider-Verse stuff. The sodas are, I would say, less than exciting because they're kind of just on par with every other soda. The 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 chases are nice because they're actually, like, they're not just, like, lazy. We're going to swap a color or we're going to just make it glittery. They actually changed up the sculpts on them, so that's nice. Most of them are, like, maskless variants, but so that's exciting. Uh, so into the spider verse. I was gonna say, or I'm just gonna take their masks off. I'm okay with that because at least <laughs> it's a are. different sculpt, though. It's not like yeah, it is. That is true. I think that's the least amount of effort to make me happy. Yeah, no, I mean it, it's different, right? It's not putting a cigar in their mouth. Yeah, <laughs> <circa> Halo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's that. Uh, what else is new coming out? Peter Pan. Uh, they just Funko just released a bunch of new Peter Pan pops. And some of them for were for Disney 100, and I believe some of them are for the new Peter Pan and Wendy movie. Peter and Wendy? Yeah. So there's that. I mean, I'm not a big Peter Pan boy. Um, do you know the real story about Peter Pan? No. Oh, it's real dark. It's it's Is it one of the grim fairy tale like stories? Yeah, it is. I won't go into it in case there's children listening, but uh for you uh, adults, go look up and see what the original Peter Pan story is, and you will be like, oh my goo, this is like this is not good. I don't, like you can definitely see how much Disney cleaned it up, but they did it for every other like you know, one of the Aesop's Fables and Grim Fairy Tales and all that stuff. It's it's, <laughs> dude, it's bad. It's like some Neverland Ranch story. All, dude, hey, don't be so ignorant. All, don't be ignorant. <laughs> almost, it's more. It's a more. Peter Pan was a serial killer. Oh wow! Yeah, crazy for sure. Anyway, I would like to just read that. It sounds so goth. It is. Let's read it on the podcast. Like we're gonna do like a we're gonna do like in between episodes where Ricky and I just read like spooky like fairy tales. That's the Patreon unfiltered. Yeah, like no after dark we can cuss and stuff like that. I say swears all the time. Oh, swear words! Guardians of the Galaxy next, obvious. Uh, yeah, I'm seeing a trend here. It's like all Disney stuff. Yeah, it's. I guess Spider Verse is like Sony, but. No. Those are the only licenses that they're pumping out right, right. now. Well, I mean, that's what what did the people like? Let's be honest. People like the Disney's and they like the Marvels. And I guess they like serial killer Peter Pan. And the Star Wars. That's the 40th anniversary coming out, too. Yeah. So they 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 released a bunch of new ones for Obi-Wan. And then they previewed some of the uh, 40th anniversary, like Return of the Jedi, I think is what it is. Uh, but those have not officially come out yet but they are like on the horizon so that's like the next like i would say the big i'm surprised they didn't come out for may the 4th yeah no that crazy timing sometimes on that but i guess they're you know not technically ready but i think one other thing too that got me it's a kind of rabbit holy but it's related to this right Mm -hmm. funko we had talked about before like funko is truly reliant on new licenses. So there has to be good shows on Netflix. There has to be good movies being released every year to get this great lineup. Right. And one of the things that I was thinking about, because you know, HBO just announced they're remaking Harry Potter, right? I saw that. Did so you know it's like that? true to the books instead of being, like, yeah, you get peeves, you get all the OG what characters is a peeves? that you don't get. Peeves is a ghost that 
is kind of uh uh what is the word i'm looking for he's a troublemaker he's a peep you know he's I mean? a peeping tom yeah but he's in every book and he plays like he has funny scenes which is really surprised me that they didn't take that approach in the movies so but what comes with all of that is seven seasons supposedly i'm sure they're going to make it longer than that but seven seasons each reflects one book and they're they're going back to the basics with the books so you're going to get a whole lineup of characters that you never had before that are going to be modeled that and that's like from our conversation last week something that if you're an artist you have well design something for this character right get ready for this or that I would love to have the insight to see some of that pre-release. Like, this is what we think the concept is going to look like. Make a pop around it. Because, you know me, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited that this is, it, it's kind of a mix with the Harry Potter fandom of, will this be good? Will this not be good? Yeah. But it's definitely, I'm on the side of, hey, I'm cautiously optimistic. We have characters that were in the movies. But sometimes it's nice to get a fresh look at stuff and what what comes from it. But the as it relates to new releases and things along the lines, something like that is huge for Funko because it's one of their core lines and they get a whole new set of releases to go with that. Will Daniel Radcliffe be in it? No, he's too old to be Harry Potter. Now I think I would. Yeah. He just shows he's up. Like day 40 one years he's, old playing a, a he's got 10 year old five boy. o'clock shadow. <laughs> yeah. What are you? I'm here. I hope I get chosen in Gryffindor. <laughs> Why does he have that accent? Uh, I don't know. I'm just trying to. He's trying to fake being a kid. So you talk about licenses. This makes. Is this about to be dark times then for Funko? Because with the writer's strike, there's not going to be a lot of new stuff coming out anytime soon. So any projects that were like about to come out are on hold. So like, what is, I wonder what that's going to look like. Is this going to be, all that plays a role. Yeah. Are we only going to get like rehashes of like the, you know, they're like, okay, we don't got anything else to do. We're, we're going to do more Marvel, but we're going to start back at phase one and we're going to do a bunch of new sculpts for every Marvel movie until people are allowed to write new stories. You guys have heard about the gold figures. We'll get ready for the platinum figures. Dun, 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 dun. That's a theme Yeah, song. I don't know. The, all of that plays a role. It's interesting to see, just like you said, that's a great point. If they don't have new things that are releasing, that impacts. I'm sure that they have tons of concepts that could be placed on hold because they're not releasing new seasons or they're not releasing new movies, things along those lines. New Conan O'Brien pops is what's coming. That's you can always go to They're the just well. going to do Conan as everybody. Yep. Why not, man? All 19,000 pops. They're just going to be Conan. Just, just all Conan as. It's like Freddy Funko, but it's Conan. There, there you go. That's fun. All right. Well, I mean, those are the new releases for this week. I'm going to turn it over to you for this Pokemon. I, I saw this in the show notes. I'm like, Pokemon 151. What is this? I is saw, this like you tried to delete like it. I could, I could see you trying to delete it from the show notes. We're like, we're not talking about this. But I want to talk about it because I feel like. Let's talk about it. You know, because now that's, that's, I'll say that has become the lifeblood of our store is, is Pokemon. Uh, we, we ship out like 400 cards a week and that's not an exaggerated number. It's a, it's gross how much we have to send out. So I have a question for you because you have collected Pokemon for quite a while yeah. and I want to get your perspective on something Yeah, because you know, I had this with the sports cards and the, the sports boys on hopping into the fandom and you see them on whatnot and they're flipping through cards acting like they know everything and rightfully so i'll give them credit where credit is due if money's involved they're going to learn everything they need to know some of these guys are just entrepreneurs and not collectors right right so when you bring in entrepreneurs into the pokemon field i see all these videos online tiktok facebook reels where people are you could tell these people would never ever be a pokemon collector in their life and they're like one two three Shuffle them to the front and tell me what you got. You know, does that annoy you? I hate it so much um, because it, 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 the people that, and I, so we were just having a conversation about this with, um, I think it was Ethan who's, he's regular and he awesome guy. He's, he's helped us at the store before, but we were talking about how it's, it's slowly turned into, if you would have gone to a card show, you know, 2019 and before you had like you know, the dedicated people and you had some people that had an inkling that they knew like 
this is going to be big. There is an investment aspect to this, but it wasn't, you know, world exploded. And then everybody was finding everything that they could turn into money, right? Well, now you get more people that are like investment bros, like crypto bros that are into Pokemon because they think that it is better than like, you know, a financial portfolio. It's like, that's the biggest part of their portfolio is they got silver buried in their backyard and they got a bunch of Pokemon cards and basketball cards. And then that's it. They have no 401k. It's all just in trading cards. Yeah, it just seems so strange to me, and it's so... I mean, you see it, too, with bad... Like, okay, so you you were big into basketball cards. I know you're not so much anymore, but, like, you saw that... I think it was even worse with basketball, because you got people that, like... Like, they'll be, like, me being into basketball cards. Like, I know, I know the bare minimum, and really the only reason I understand the bare minimum is because producer Brandon, big basketball fan, so I need something to talk to him with other than Funko stuff, so... I try and stay up at least with like the Mavs since, you know, it's a local team. I do my best to like watch like highlights and things and I'll watch, I'll go over to his house and we'll watch like hockey or, or basketball, but that's literally the extent of my stuff, my, my knowledge of sports. So I will, you know, that's just like me trying to say, like I'm collecting basketball cards. Now I have no idea what I'm looking at. That's about the same thing. When you got these like investment bros, that are like, I'm all into Pokemon. I don't ever open it and keep it sealed because it's going to be worth a million dollars in 30 years. And Logan Paul kind of, he broke it for everybody. He opened it up for a lot of people that just, they don't care about little tiny pocket monster men. They don't care about a, a trading card game that, you know, 10 year olds are really into they, he, he opened it up for everybody, man. Well, it's the collectability aspect and profitability. I mean, I think it's something that's, that's why I don't collect sports cards that much anymore. I mean, I have a plethora of them like from old era, circa nineties, two thousands. And then really it killed me in 20 during COVID just killed the whole hobby for me because just seeing the, the gross negligence from the card companies to just push out product and push out product and Dutch auctions where they're just blind auctions trying to just tear money from people's hands knowing that this market's there. I don't fault them because they're a company. I just think that just read the room, you know, and and people, it's the same thing that we talked about Funko earlier. And I'll move on after this is that it becomes something so cumbersome to just stay in the hobby. You can't be a casual collector anymore. If you want some of these rare items, you have to accept, like, I'm going to have to buy them secondary market and overpay for them. But I mean, that's all I got to say about that. Well, that's a nice thing. What is Pokemon 151? Okay. So Pokemon 151, this is something that's going to really, it's going to be a, I must have for people that actually collected it when they were younger. It's, it's a nostalgia trip. 100%. So, uh 2019 pokemon did the 25th anniversary right and people ate that up like they they were so hyped over it and now it's not not so much it's it's pretty cheap you can you can buy the packs and all the cards and stuff from the set but that's that's what it was it was pokemon pulling at the heartstrings of people that really that they remember playing this when they were like you know little kids like eight nine ten eleven however old you were so pokemon 151 is a new set that was announced not too long ago that is going to be a uh, Japanese-only release that comes out on June 16th for anyone that is interested in this, okay? So it's going to be, as of right now, what has been shown so far is 178 cards. Not all of the cards have been revealed, or at least I've seen they may have been leaked. But from what I've seen, that they have not. So there's a few that are still kind of a surprise, but you're looking at about 178 cards. So it's a really small set comparatively. I mean, some of them are a lot bigger. And um, this is going to be the original 151 Pokemon and all of the super popular trainers from the original Pokemon games. So it's that's what it is. It's 100%, 100% nostalgia. But the thing that I'm interested in is, one, it is a regional-only release. So I think it is, it's going to be very, very big. I've had a lot of people already come into the store saying, hey, are you guys going to get this? Can you guys get this? Can I pre-order two, three, five cases? But um, the I, I don't know. And I think that this actually is going to be a push to uh, the celebration set that came out 
for the 25th anniversary. I think this is going to bring the price of that up because a lot of these cards are not going to be as accessible. So people want some of these like older, like vintage replica cards. So they're, they are going to end up going back to that uh, celebration set, but uh, we'll put it in the notes. If you guys want to see what cards are actually going to be in the 151. And I am super excited to say we are actually going to be getting some of the booster boxes in the store. We ha- I have a new connection uh, in Japan that's going to be able to uh, ship us product. So I'm really, really stoked about that. So we will have that in store. But um, yeah, I don't know. That's what it is. I think that one of the crazy things about Pokemon as a company, and let's compare them to Panini, they don't take advantage even though that they have popular sets. Now they may mass produce and that's fine, but they've always mass produced product. Even if it's more now than what it was before, they're not setting up duck Dutch auction auctions. I cannot even speak tonight, but they're not setting up those auctions to sort of really ratchet pressure on their fan base to pay more than is necessary, which I like a lot, you know, and they they have to them they realize there's so much product out there at various retailers and places like that that they don't really have to do that so i have some sort of respectability behind that is that you know they can still sell direct they can sell with retailers and not ratchet pressure on to fan bases to get things i mean this is going to be stressful because it's regional but still with that being said for their their general releases i respect that it's it's a i think it's a matter of they don't they don't make an active attempt to exploit the fan base now they do put out a lot of stuff like right now we're on like an every two months release date for the United States, Japan. It's gotten to the point where it's every month there's a new set coming out. But that being said, it's more of a, there is a huge demand for the product and they are trying to reach those people. They're trying to fulfill that, that demand and not so much like with like said, Panini where you can spend, you know, a thousand dollars on a booster box. Like, Yes, Pokemon has recently gone up on their prices, but that's just, I think that's more of a cost of production thing. That is not necessarily, a, you know, them being like money hung. I mean, not saying that they're not, but not actively being like blood sucking, like horrible people, like, you know, some other card companies are. Wink, wink. But that, I mean, that's the truth behind it is that, okay, you can ratchet production, but this is a highly produced collectible set, anyways. Yeah. I, sometimes I, worry you really never do you does pokemon ever release statistics around secret rares and things like that 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 you know how many there are of a particular card no not really like you have companies like wizards of the coast right with like magic they are doing serialized cards now i think for the past i don't know how many sets they've been doing them for but now you they will do like number like baseball cards right or basketball cards you'll have like a one of one or a one of ten or one of five hundred so they're doing one of five hundreds and I don't know if, if you guys listening have heard or Ricky if you know they're doing a Lord of the Rings set that comes out in July and inside that set there's a serialized one of one the ring it's the one ring but it is a one of one card oh my goodness and can I tell you there are bounties out already for that. Just okay, so let, let me guess. Let me see if you can even get this right. So, the last uh, March of the Machines was the last um, set that came out. Some uh, Star City Games, uh, they're huge, one of the biggest LGSs in the United States, right? They pulled the one of the I don't even remember what the, the card was, but it was a one of 500. They as soon as they pulled it, they put it on an eBay. How much do you think that card sold for? If it's one of 500, yes, I'm going to say $20,000. It sold for 10,000. Yeah, I was going to go 10 first, but I was like, I don't know. I mean, 500 is really rare, but no, $10,000. Ungraded, just raw. Yes. Um, now, there are bounties out for the one ring already. Like, there's people like, I will pay now, just if whoever finds it, because there's one of them, right? And you know, Hasbro owns. Wizards of the Coast now, right? Hasbro, yeah. because now you know you know how Hasbro goes, and they are going to produce the crap out of these. They are going to pump these out. So there's going to be lots and lots of boxes available. But the only way to get this one card is you have to buy a collector booster, which right now is retailing for about $380 is what presale is. You get 12 packs with 15 cards per pack. 
that is the only way that you can pull this card. Okay. How much one ring? How much do you think a one of one is there's a bounce? And this is a, it's not sports, right? So it's not like there's a patch and a signature or anything like that. It's literally a card and it's not playable because it's written in like Elvish or it might be Phyrexian, but it, it looks like it looks like Elvish from like Lord of the Rings. So you can't even use it if you were a crazy man like Logan Paul or like, uh, oh, what is the hip hop man that likes the magic um, Post Malone? If you're Post Malone and you're like, oh, I want to play with this really rare card, you can't even play with it. Okay. How much do you think this card sells is, is bountied for right now? 150,000. Quarter of a million dollars. What? A quarter of a million dollar card is not even out yet. And it, so it's crazy. It is, it is absolutely insane. So yeah, that's, <laughs> it's, it's, this is a big, this is a big game, man. It's, it's getting to be the point where now, Pokemon doesn't do stuff like that. They don't have numbered cards. Now there is data out there because you have some big streamers and, and YouTubers and stuff that will go and they will pull the, they'll open 2000, 3000 packs so that they can get like accurate pull numbers. So they can say, yes, this card is a one in like 300 or 400 pull, but like Pokemon's not going to release that information. That's it's not, it's not public knowledge at all. So it's just a generous estimate. Yeah, and I mean, it's there is statistical data behind it, but like, yeah, it's not stuff that is made available. So that part of it, it does, it is suck. And I'll, I don't know if you heard about like the whole, all this, the bad stuff that happened with the, there were, it turns out there were some people that had tons and tons of some ultra rare cards from. Yeah, I saw that on uh, like a Facebook reel where okay. it, a guy had like 50 stacks of, like an ultra rare. Yeah. So, and we actually, we know somebody that is involved around that circle. And actually that happened like a year ago and it's just now getting out, which is kind of interesting to know, but yeah, um, they, the, the culprit tried to go and trade in at, uh, I was actually at a card shop here in Dallas. Um, they tried to trade it in and they, they reported them to the Pokemon company. Like, Hey, yeah, somebody has like a hundred Moonbrion cards. And those cards are now are selling for, I think like $600 raw. So, and they have a stat stacks of them. And then, but and they, they were fake. No, they're real. It was somebody that worked at the uh, production facility. Oh, wow. So, so it was yeah. like a Lego situation. It was a Lego situation. It 100% was. So he stayed yeah. online. He's like, one for the people, three for me. <laughs> one for the people, three for me. But that, that it, it makes sense because that's, that was the big complaint. With Fusion Strike, especially Fusion Strike, you never got pulls. You never got hits in that. And it turns out the reason why you could never get those big cards is because they weren't in the packs. They're in somebody's garage or in their There's house. There's a random guy in Dallas. He's like, look at all these cards I got. Look at <laughs> well, this. Well, it was, it was like a million dollars worth of cards. I don't know if it was that much, but it was, it was a huge sum of money. Insane amount of money, yeah. Yeah, because they stole them off the line. But yeah. And, and think about it, though. Think about it. If they are rare, they're actually creating scarcity by doing what they're doing. So they, it's kind of like they know what they're doing. Oh, oh, God, yes. They, they, well, I think, I don't know. If they're stupid enough to just go to a local card shop and be like, hey, I have a um, million dollars worth of these cards and it's like all the same card. That's not that smart. That's a pretty dumb, like, that's a pretty yeah, dumb Yeah, well, they didn't think afterwards. They're like the underpants gnome. Step one, steal cards from production line. Step two, eh. yeah, Step just, three, whatever. profit. Yeah. <laughs> but no, this, I mean, this would have been prevented if, you know, Pokemon did some, these, these super high-end cards, if they did serialize them. But, you know, it's less exciting when you say, oh, we produced a hundred thousand of this card. And then it, that would directly impact the value. So then it would force them to put out cards that were super rare. And like, I don't think that they want that because Pokemon company is more about, I know that they're, they're more interested in being a game before they are being a collectible. Whereas like sports cards, it's just like, we don't, it, there's no, it's just collect them. That's what it is. We're going to take your money and we're going to create all these crazy things that create value. And then every 13 year old in the, uh, Tri-County area is going to get a whatnot account and sell spots for teams for $250. You know, that's the number one thing that's asked for in the store is people are like, hey, when are you going to carry sports cards? I'm like, I don't want to. Uh, dude, dude, you go to Target. I was just there. I didn't go to Target. And you see in the card section, everything's there now. Remember two years ago, 
there was nothing like you'd get like Jim Pete's sports cards from Albuquerque, New Mexico. And it's just like stamped like non-colored cards. And that's the only thing that would be on the card shelf. You mean Dunruss? Yeah. It's just like nothing, <laughs> nothing is taken anymore. It was because people were just interested in like those like super crazy expensive sets. That's what people well, they were, were selling blaster boxes for a hundred bucks. You'd go to target and you'd buy a blaster box. And you'd turn around or a mega box and sell it for $500. Everything's calmed down, which I'm happy about. I, I'm happy. It's yeah, me too. I, I mean, it's good to see cards back again. Well, and also there's less knife fights over trading cards. So now it's a little easier to get them because I don't, by, by where we're at, like literally down the road in the next town over from us, there was somebody who was stabbed in the parking lot over basketball cards at the target. Yeah. And remember the Funko like thing where, they had target exclusives that people fought in the, the parking lot for that too. Yeah. I mean, the day, those days are gone. It's, it's so crazy to think will, the landscape and how much it's changed. I will invite those days back with open arms, please. I would like to return to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that, that's 151. Check it out. I think we're going to move on to Funko's mystery box title of the episode. I'll let you take this one and run with it. I don't know. I don't, I don't really know how I feel about it. So, uh, what was it? A month or two ago, Funko did a mystery box with, it was a Venom with the, the Silver Surfer sword and the Thor's, um, what's the, the what's Thor's? Mjolnir? The no, it wasn't, it wasn't Mjolnir. It was the axe uh, or something. Stormbreaker. So he's holding, he's holding those two. And everybody was like, oh, my gosh, new, new Venom. It's awesome, right? And it's cool. It's, it's from a great storyline. It's from the, the King in Black, right? And which is funny because the only reason I know that now is because we sell comics in the store. And Steven, the <laughs> manager, is constantly <laughs> talking about comics. Thank you, yeah. Steven, for educating me. So I, do, I have a little bit of information now on this. I, I have reference. So, uh, so they did this. But you had, to get it, you had to do like buy this mystery box. And you got like, I don't remember if it was like two or three pops with it. And it was 30 bucks, right? So, I mean, that's not bad. You get three pops for that, but it came with like two exclusives or three exclusive, however many it was. And they were all Marvel, but it's kind of like stuff that they had like shoved away in the back. They had like the Nick Fury from Secret Wars nobody wanted. And there's like She-Hulk and a bunch of other ones, right? And it was just a way for them. Yes, we're, people want to buy this Venom, but we also want to move all this stuff from stock, right? I get that they're they like, that. hey, uh, we got this mystery box coming out. I need y'all to go down to that dump down there in Surprise, Arizona and <laughs> pull some pops out of there. <laughs> okay. And, and then before that, at Christmas time, they did the Yuletide, 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 Yuletime, Yule. Yeah. Freddy. Yeah. Which I bought that mystery box and you got a choice. There was like an anime, there was like a sports and a bunch of other ones, right? So I did that and you got. A bunch of exclusives. I, I did the anime one. And I got a bunch of exclusives, but it's all stuff I already had. It was like Aang, and it was like I don't know something from Yu-Gi-Oh. I don't care about. And, <laughs> and but uh, so Funko's been like pushing these mystery boxes, kind of like what we said. I don't know a couple years ago. We're like, hey Funko, why don't you do actual legitimate mystery boxes with good items? Well, they're doing it again, but this time they're doing a rocks box. Box, right? It's hard to say. Rocks box. It is the gold notorious B.I.G. from New York Comic Con from this year, I believe. With the fedora. On. Oh, 2022. Yeah, yeah, with the fedora. This is a gold one. And then you get five pops with it. And out of those five pops, you're going to get three exclusive rocks pops. And then you're going to get two mainline pops, which we learned that from Julie. Yeah, Last we time, learned that. I was like, I read that. I was like, I know, I know, I know. We know we got in. Well, they use, they use that term if you read the information on it. They actually say two mainline and and. I wouldn't have known what that meant unless, except for like last week, Julie was like, oh, that's referred to as mainline. I'm like, okay, cool. Commons. That's what they are. But anyway, uh, so yeah, you get, um, so you get six, six pops. One of them is notorious BIG and then three exclusives and two ones that you're going to throw in the garbage. And I think it was like 60 yeah. bucks. $50, right? Yeah. Before yeah. Something like that. The taxes but and shipping. But well, I free think, shipping, it'll be. I believe the Notorious B.I.G. pop alone is valued at $60. Or it was up until now when it's going to just flood the market. Until they threw it into 700,000 mystery boxes, yeah. So I don't know how I feel about this. Because I don't feel like this is really a mystery box. Because Funko has shown that every single one of these is going to be the same. Or it's going to be some derivative of the same thing. Like, they'll be like, 
half the boxes are going to have like these pops and then the other half are going to have these and neither of them are really like a big hit. They're not putting anything crazy in there. It's not like, oh, in like 20 of them, we're going to stuff the glow in the, the OG glow in the dark kiss pops. We have some in the back or something like that. There's, there's no right real risk reward to these. It's like you are getting the one pop that you really want. Cause that's why people are buying these mystery boxes because they're forcing you to be like, okay, this is the only place you're going to get this now. And now you also have to take these other pops because we don't want them. They're like, Hey Donald, go in the warehouse and get me some rock skews that have like 400,000 pops in there. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I don't know. Is, is this dumb? I don't think it's dumb, right? I think it's smart marketing from them to burn down inventory. I just think that to your point, and you made a really great point is that within those five pops that are in that mystery box, they have the ability to throw some nice stuff in there. And if they mix that up a little bit, I think that they can even exploit that a little bit further. And I know it's exploitation, but like you said, what if they had like four glow in the dark kiss pops or a yellow submarine set that they're going to throw into one of them, you know, like just have some kind of crazy exclusive that's valuable. And they just put one in there uh, of each of those and then put it out there. But I think to your point, what happens is, is that you have kind of a set and they've done that for the last mystery box that you're kind of guaranteed to get and maybe like three or four different variations of that. So it kind of limits that, like you said, and it's like, I, if I want this notorious BIG pop, I have to bite the bullet and buy it. Well, then it's kind of like it, they primed us for this with the fun days boxes, right? Because every single one of those fun days boxes is going to be some like box A, B, C, or D, unless you get one of the very few ones that is amazing, which I don't think any of these really have been, are, are going to be amazing because in the past, like the one that they did with the venom, it wasn't amazing. Like there was nothing like crazy in there. Yeah. And a lot of people complained about it. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting to me. I'm not going to partake in this, but I do say one thing about pop rocks and the way that those exclusives go that they tend to, and I was looking at this the other day, if you hold on to those things, and I'm talking circa 2015, 2016 timeframe, most of all the pops that have been in my collection have gone out. They have just skyrocketed in value. I can't get over the Freddies that I've gotten rid of that I wish I would have kept that are all worth like $1,800 unattainable for me unless I win the lottery now. And it's just frustrating, man. It's just so, so frustrating. It's like I had Freddie Sting. I traded it to you. Not that I'm mad about it. Like I know that you appreciate it and have far more love than me on that but that thing's like worth over a thousand bucks now and the the wild thing about this is like i've never been like a big um i've never been a big rocks fan like i've never collected anything like the michael jackson ones i've had i've had a bunch of people ask me if i can get one for them I'm like dude don't that's ridiculous like just get away from me like <laughs> it's not gonna happen yeah but like you look at a lot of them and they do hold value really well because like okay you look at like a common like a, like a regular chase of you know just like any any common right like most of the time they kind of settle around 25 35 dollars unless it's something that's like ultra popular right yeah so the uh eddie from uh iron maiden there was yeah. a chase that came out so there was the somewhere in time eddie which is like the zombie man and he's got like this like cyborg face thing on the right side with this like optical dude right he's, he's a robot yeah i remember that one yep so the chase for that is called stranger in a strange land which is kind of that same thing as like a cyborg and he's got like a cowboy hat on that's still 50 dollars, and that came out i think like a year and a half ago yeah but it's so weird sometimes they made a lot of iron maiden pop so it's kind of like you're competing with it and it's i mean that market like i would say pop rocks is a safe investment universally unless it's they just overly crazily mass produce it but mm -hmm. i think as a whole those things and even wwe pops they're safe bets too like i remember going into target and seeing that rick flair in the pink you know overcoat there forever two dollars and 24 cents and the damn thing's probably worth a hundred dollars now it's a, i think it's like 75 but yeah it's up there i mean that's what when we have new people that were kind of like 
educating on the hobby. It's like people ask, okay, so if I want to collect something for like an investment, what do I collect in? Well, the easy route, it's either rocks, it's NFL, it's wrestling, or it's niche anime. Any of those things, they tend to hold value incredibly well, and they go up in value very quickly, especially once they've been vaulted. It's like, if you like anime, if you want to go down that route, don't collect Dragon Ball Z, don't collect My Hero Academia. Everything else that's anime, just buy it because it's going to go up. Wrestling, as soon as they're vaulted, because most of those wrestling pops, they're only in production for a very short amount of time because you never know how long a wrestler is going to be with WWE. You know, yep. They could be gone in a week. So like all exactly. those, as soon as they vault those, minimum $35. You buy it for like $12, it goes up to $35. That's a good return on your on your investment right there. And some of them, go wild like for the like you're talking about like that rick flair another good example was the lex luger and sting at fye they had them for like a dollar producer brandon bought like 50 of them right and you know how much they are now they're like 70 dollars 70 dollars i don't i don't know off the top of my head let me i can tell you exactly but that's crazy i mean even if it's let's just say it's like 40 dollars it's still an incredible increase to what you're paying a dollar for. $45 signed. They're almost 300. Jeez Louise. I know, which is crazy. Well, Lex Luger, he probably doesn't have a whole lot longer, but anyway, that's just beside the point. Like $45. Maybe you got it a dollar and now it's worth 45. You could have cleared out FYE and then like Brandon did. And now he has a stack of them sitting there. So it's like, those are good investments. And, and I think rocks are too. So, yeah, this box is not bad, but I don't like the fact that if you did not get this New York Comic Con, or it was a shared exclusive too. It wasn't exclu- It wasn't a, a show. Uh, it wasn't a show pop. So, but if you could not get one when it was released, they're kind of like, okay, yeah, you can get it, but you got to take these five other pops with it as well. I mean, and it, I guess it's kind of setting the value of this one pop because that's all that people care about. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. It's it's a weird situation now if it was something like if it was wrestling i wouldn't care i'd buy it i wouldn't be even having this conversation i'll be like yeah i'm gonna get like five pops i don't know what i'm getting they're gonna be worth something i'm excited this case it's just i think it's because it's a line i don't care about it's just not it doesn't it doesn't get my blood all warm no i agree i can see same for me like if it's a harry potter one you'd be like buying seven of them yeah buy like seven yeah but there's not a lot of there's i mean harry potter they have I mean, that was my some that have value, but they just don't have a tremendous amount of Harry Potter pops that are worth a lot. And it's hit or miss with those. We get a ton of people asking for them, though. I'll tell you that. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's one of their best selling lines, which is weird that it sells really well. I guess it's because they do produce a lot of it that it it just doesn't hold amazing value. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a high production and the convention exclusives and things like that, they, they hold value, but that's about it. Nah, I don't know. Man. So let us know what you think about mystery boxes in general at pop Alliance pod, Twitter, and Instagram info at pop facebook.com slash pop patreon.com slash pop Choose the tier that's right for you. Be part of the discussion on the, the discord boards today. Um, and then we'll transition to a little bit of Mr. Funko. All right, guys much anticipated stories that we have every week. This is the next iteration of AI, Mr. Funko. I'm going to turn it over to Piper to give us all the details. So I'm pretty sure that we need to call this AI story time with Mr. Funko. And because AI story time with Mr. Funko. I like it. I think that's, I think that's good. Okay. So what do we do? We, we take the AI and we say, Hey, tell us a story about Mr. Funko. We want to know about it. And we got a good one this week. Oh my goodness. So this will be, this is the second one. I'm, I I think we should do this like maybe like every other episode. Yeah, that's good. All right. So here we go. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. This, (laughs) this story is titled the legend of Mr. Funko and his unicorn. Oh my goodness. The Legend of Mr. Funko and His Unicorn As the founder of Funko, Mr. Funko is a legendary figure in the designer toy world, but rumor has it that he is not your typical CEO. According to some collectors, Mr. Funko is known to ride a majestic unicorn covered in gas station nacho cheese. (laughs) But how did this legend begin? It's unclear, but some speculate that it's a nod to Funko's famous pop figure of a unicorn with a rainbow mane. 
Others think that it's a silly joke that caught on with fans, highly unlikely. Regardless of its origins, the idea of encountering Mr. Funko and his cheesy unicorn is both hilarious and terrifying. Can you imagine stumbling upon this duo in the wild? What would they of be course. doing? <laughs> what would they be doing? Would they offer you a ride on the back of the unicorn or would they shower you in nacho cheese? <laughs> as absurd as it sounds, the legend of Mr. Funko and his unicorn is just one example of the quirky and playful spirit of the designer toy world. Mr. Funko is known to be a quirky and eccentric figure in the in this world, but with a style all his own. Rumor has it that he loves to don his trademark top hat and monocle and is rarely <laughs> seen without them. I did not tell it to say that. But, oh my god. But beneath his playful exterior, some collectors whisper that there's a darker side to Mr. Funko. According to legend, he's been known to pull pranks on unsuspecting collectors. He hides rare toys in obscure locations or sends out misleading clues on social media. (laughs) (laughs) Some say he's even been spotting washing his face with the water hose behind Funko HQ, much to the (laughs) amusement of the employees. But perhaps the most bizarre rumor about Mr. Funko is that he has a strange obsession with elderly women's wigs. Oh, my God. Some say he's been caught sneaking around retirement homes trying to get his hands on the latest styles. Others claim that he has an extensive collection of wigs of his own, which he likes to wear when no one is looking. Of course, he can't, we can't confirm this rumor, and it's all just in fun. At the end of the day, Mr. Funko is just another collector, albeit one with unique sense of humor and style. Whether he's riding his unicorn through the halls of Funko HQ or hiding in the bushes to scare unsuspecting passersby, he's sure to keep us all on our toes. <laughs> what? I don't, dude. I, I just told it to tell me a story, and that's what it came out with. I love how it incorporates a top hat and monocle. It's Mr. Funko. Of course, if you were to meet a man in, like, a bar... And he's like, oh, my name is Mr. Funk. And you're like, oh, that guy's going to have a top hat and a monocle and maybe a oh, peg leg. He looks like Mr. Monopoly. Yeah. He's the Mr. Monopoly, but he has a peg leg and like a shifty eye. <laughs> it doesn't. You know, he's got crazy eyes. And he's oh just drinking. Uh, he's just drinking a, a, a big glass of Jägermeister. I love how it says gas station nacho cheese. Like, it's like, what? I got you. I got you in your gas station nacho cheese, sir. At the ones that make you stop at the rest stop a couple times. <laughs> I don't I don't tend to get nachos at the gas station, so I don't know. Or or sushi, right? Okay, so there are some gas stations that have decent sushi. I'm not we're not gonna get into this. Oh Lord. I, I don't think I mean I think we've talked about it before, but you know, don't get in that gas station food when you're on the road. I'm Unless only... it's from Bucky's. Oh, Bucky's, yeah. And then you get some spicy peanuts. Or you spend $800 on jerky. Yep. Oh, the jerky there is so good. I love it. They have this like bohemian garlic jerky that is amazing. Yeah. If you guys don't know about Bucky's, look it up. It's, it's gotten out there more. There's one in Tennessee and it's there in Florida. They're, they're popping up all over the place. So, uh, yeah, if you haven't been to a Bucky's, it is a, a, an experience. It's almost a cult that goes there. Buys those $5 t-shirts for $51. I like the beaver nuggets. Ooh, the beaver nuggets. It just sounds horrible saying. Uh, oh, what no. are you eating? I'm eating a beaver nuggets. Oh, oh. Hmm? I, don't, I don't know if, if, if I would enjoy that. I do. Uh, I really want people to engage more on the Mr. Funko. Give us some great ideas. Uh, you know all the socials. I'm not going to beat them up anymore. But, you know, if you have a crazy idea you want Mr. Funko to do, AI is pretty good. I'm sure it'll involve a top hat and a monocle. But, you know, at least we'll get the crux of something something new. And I, I like doing these little skits. So, uh, yeah, send us whatever you have, any ideas on any of the socials, and we'll get that incorporated. I like doing this every other episode. It's pretty fun. Agreed. All right, well, that's this episode. We'll be back uh, next week and and the future weeks. We've got some creator series coming up. We've got uh, 
a, another interview coming around the corner with a podcast as well. So more to come on that uh, as we go through the year and my transition over to Fort Worth. And hopefully we can continue to try and give you guys an episode a week through that that time. Uh, we're trying to do everything we can to be able to do that. So more to come this year. Great things. Uh, convention. Don't forget Comic Palooza next week, uh, the 26th to the 28th in Houston. You can stop by and see us there. I think it's booth. I always forget what the booth number is. Uh, but you can stop and see us there. You can also um, go to the store, visit our store in Keller, Texas, 136 South Main Street in Keller, and you know, buy a whole bunch of stuff. Please. Just a whole, like everything. Our booth number is 1934. I said that a couple episodes ago, but 1934, it's a big space. Stop by and see us at Comic Palooza. Come by the store. Go to PCAToys.com. Buy everything from the website. Just one big generous purchase. What would you do if like you woke up one day and came in and you turn on the printer and like there was 7,000 pages? Uh, that does happen sometimes, but it's always for <laughs> orders that are like $1.50. Oh, that's fine. Uh, but I'll end it on that. Uh, until next time, I'm Rick. And I'm Piper. Good night. And uh, be careful of Mr. Funko stealing your wig. I love you. Bye.